0: Thank you for joining us on Inside EMS, now the always entertaining Chris Zabalero and the Ted Nugent of EMS, Kelly Grayson. Well greetings and salutations everyone, it's time to go Inside EMS, I'm your host Chris Zabalero, I gotta tell you we got a great show lined up for you today and uh, here he is man, here's that guy, the guy, I mean I I feel like a schoolgirl every time I talk to him. And not because he, he makes me all feel all wooshy inside, but because I want to kick him. That's why, I don't know. I don't know what that means. But <laughs> Kelly, hurry up and get in here before I embarrass myself more.
1: Oh come on, man! You're the uh, you're like the little the the little teeny bopper screaming at a Beatles uh, Beatles concert. Kelly,
0: Ke- oh Kelly!
1: <laughs> you're a you're a you're the equivalent of a believer. You're a you're the. <laughs> The EMS equivalent of a Justin Bieber. No, no, that would make me Justin Bieber. No, hell no. That's right. That's uh, I'll right. go back with the Beatles analogy. That All right. works for me. Well, the how Ted Nugent you, of
0: EMS, how about that? Uncle Ted yeah. is someone to listen yeah. to. How about that? Yeah. Even in the damn Yankee days, he put out some good music. Yeah. yeah. So, Kelly, uh, as we're coming to the end of the month, you know, Kilted to Kick Cancer, we talked about it mm-hmm. ig- last week. And, again, just a proud, uh, uh, I'm proud to know someone who has really kind of taken the effort to uh, bring awareness to uh, prostate cancer. Go ahead, and for the listeners that didn't uh, hear about Kilted last week, why don't you go ahead and share a little bit about what it is.
1: Uh, Kilted to Kit Cancer is a 501c3 cancer charity dedicated to uh, what, raising awareness and research dollars for uh, male-specific cancers and cancers in general. And it started uh, with uh, Justin Shore, uh, Jason Hoshauer, and myself uh, deciding to, to bring some awareness to this issue, prostate cancer precious little um, play in the news media and, and as compared to breast cancer yet it kills more men than breast cancer kills women so we decided to do something about that and we've raised uh, 60 close to $70,000 in just 120 active days of fundraising over the, the last four years and and uh, right now we're in the middle of our, our 2015 fundraising challenge where uh, a group of uh, of uh, gun nuts and public safety people and EMTs, cops, firefighters all put on kilts for the month of September to, uh, to, uh, raise money and and awareness and, uh, see who can be the top fundraiser. And, um, right now uh, I'm, I'm doing fairly well. I'm, I'm in fourth place, but, uh, uh we're, we're doing good. We're well over $10,000, and looks like we may be able to make our $15,000 goal for the end of the
0: month. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. And again, like you say, it's one of those things, you know, along prostate cancer, along with uh, rectal colon cancer for men is, is the number one killers. And, uh, you know, you don't hear a lot about it. I mean, you know, you think about a prostate exam, and one of the things I realize is you can't give yourself a prostate exam. But anyway, let's not go there. <laughs> but, but you know, I figure I'm a paramedic, I, I don't even want to talk about it. But I think one of the things that um, I think one of the things that's really important is you guys bring awareness to this, and, and I gotta you know give you guys the nod because uh, you, you're right. You don't hear a lot about it.
1: Yeah, we um, you know we we the the hook is is the kilt, you know, and you see a guy wearing a kilt, um, uh, what the first thing you want to ask is, hey, what's under the kilt? You know and we'll say a one in seven chance of prostate cancer a one in thirty six chance of of dying from the cancer so uh, that's an excellent way to start the conversation, although we've been successful enough that uh, uh, enough people wear kilts. very few people ask us why we're wearing a kilt anymore, so we have to be a little more proactive in starting the conversation
0: so there's one thing I do want to bring up you know so you say anybody who donates uh, fifty dollars uh, gets the opportunity to have you in a uh, I guess a uh, unflattering pose or something. You've done Charlie's Angels. You did, uh, yeah. you know, the, the um, you had the fruit on your head with the maracas, uh-huh. which I saw was pretty funny. But so I'm one of these guys now. Not only oh. did I donate oh, really? fifty, but I also donated a hundred. So now, oh,
1: so so you've got double duty. Huh? I
0: do. So now I've got to figure out what picture I can get of Kelly Grayson um, from my own whim. And to be fair, because I am a giver. I am a giver. I will share that photo with uh, with our listeners. We'll 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 see if we can get it put up on the internet uh, on EMS One, and uh, share that with the listeners. I think that's only fair. Oh, thank you, thank you so much, Chris. Well, I appreciate. Uh, I mean, I appreciate you. So I I have to take full advantage of this, and I just don't know what to ask for. I mean, something. I think that. Really, kind of shows the the partnership that we have, the the love that we generate together, oh, the oh. you know the the camaraderie that we have. I yeah, mean, so. something that I got it. How about this? This this is my wish. This is my this is my uh, re- my request to you. In your kilt, uh-huh. a, a sign that says, "Before I go to sleep, I put on my hero Chris Sabalero pajamas."
1: Oh man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You douche! Come on! <laughs> uh, all right, that's it. All right, so that's all set.
1: Yeah. Okay. Look, you know, I, I a few years back, I waxed my entire body for this charity. So uh, on a dare. Did you uh, really? I Why didn't yes. they think of that? Well, uh, that's because I didn't put it on the table again this year. I learned.
0: About that. Oh, <laughs> did you? Okay.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. I'll do it. Um, I'll do it and I'll post the, uh, I'll post the photos online for, for my public
0: humiliation. Yeah. I do not want to say public humiliation. I mean, it's probably something that's true anyway. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and pass on that. Let's go ahead and get to the news. You got a first story for us.
1: Our first news story comes from Bellevue, Nebraska. Uh, Chris, you ever had a a couple or a family bake you a cake or or bring you
0: cookies or something? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have, man. I've really appreciated that.
1: See, I've had I've had relatively few of those but uh, a couple from Bellevue Nebraska really uh, went over the top here um, uh, Kevin and Pamela Dowell uh, brought the Bellevue Fire Department uh, EMTs a, uh, a Antique plate with Dalmatians on it, uh, $2,400 check uh, by way of thanks for saving Pamela's life. Apparently, she went into cardiac arrest wow. uh, some time back, and and they managed to resuscitate her. She she coded twice on them, and they got her back both times. And Kevin was so uh, was so overcome with gratitude that that he. Um, Donated twenty four hundred dollars to the fire department for for training and equipment, and uh, I think that's a that's a pretty cool gesture there, uh, and good on the the Bellevue firefighters for for a job well done.
0: Yeah, is this a, a volunteer agency? Do you know?
1: No, I believe they're I believe they're a paid fire department. Um, um. And you know the, the the couple had a pretty good sense of humor about it. Uh, Pamela said, "You know, I just want to know which one of you broke my sternum."
0: how awesome is that
1: but you know that's how you know when cpr is done correctly uh you know i've 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 done cpr on precious few people where i haven't at least separated some rib cartilages that's right that's right uh, you know push hard and push fast that's that's one of the things that happens but uh, the first
0: time it happens it freaks you out man you're like what did i do wrong man we had a we had a patient not long ago that
1: had an open pneumothorax from a rib fracture and i think that was from the family member um doing cpr before we arrived but i happened to notice blood on my partner's glove halfway through the code wow. and i look i looked down at the woman's chest and way over in her mid clavicular line lady had a rib poking through the skin <laughs> so um i was like uh ease up just a little bit just um, a
0: tad bit he,
1: Got her back, but, uh, yes, yeah, she had an open pneumothorax from that. Needed a chest tube and everything. Yeah, you know, one, that- of
0: the, one of the things, though, you know, they, we talk about CPR is that, you know, they talk about, you know, how much pressure, how deep you should go. And it really does depend on the person who you're doing CPR on. That's- if I'm doing CPR on someone like Kelly Grayson, I need to put some, uh, some ass into it to make sure that I'm, I'm compressing the sternum as deep as I need to if it's an 80 year old man who's uh you know anorexic uh the force doesn't need to be the same to get that same inch and a half depth and you know but it's really kind of hard to say kelly because in the heat of battle you know you got the adrenaline going you got a hundred things running through your mind and and uh you know it's it's just the same uh technique every single time but as we get more experience we need to be able to to use our critical thinking to say "I i can get that one and a half inches here on this guy without a lot of effort
1: yeah you know, and and uh, like uh, the the Bellevue firefighters, uh, they may have broken a sternum, but they saved a life, and that's uh, that's that's pretty easy calculus right there. It's it's well worth it. Uh, I can tell you how deep to compress my chest if it, if the need should ever arise. Uh, not at all, really? <laughs> unless you unless you caught my body and slid me to the ground as I collapsed. I don't want anyone doing CPR on me.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know that I can do uh, that. I mean, you're my if- you're my uh, Hannity. You're my Mike and Mike. I can't let you go, I man. I, I'd use I'd use my knees or my or whatever, my my foot, if and I, could, I would jump like a like off the top rope. Um, if
1: I could, with uh, with a DNR that said you know uh, work a witness arrest only. Uh, then I would. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll have to look into that. You know, witness arrest, work it. Unwitness arrest, let me die.
0: That's right. Uh, well, I'd need to see the paperwork. If you didn't have the paperwork, I wouldn't believe it was in place anyway. So, all right. Well, let okay. me go ahead and give you my news story. And there's just so many uh, to talk about. But one of the things that's really kind of given me a little bit of uh, angst is, you know, the Pope's in town, and uh, Pope's going to be here for a little bit of a visit. And one of the stories that really struck me as interesting, and, and this, is a, this is a Pope who, and I grew up Catholic, and, and I had the opportunity uh, to experience uh, the Pope in Italy. I had the exper- experience uh, uh, to meet with the Pope uh, as an altar boy uh, when I was a young boy. And, um, but one of the things is this is a guy who likes to get into the crowd. This is a guy who likes to step out of the vehicle. This is a guy who who uses an open vehicle. And and I've always always worried when I heard about him coming to the United States. It's just so much of a great opportunity to take advantage of, uh, you know, how how great he is. uh, You know, the people's pope, they call him. And my new story is coming out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, Police are saying that terrorists may impersonate emergency responders during pope visit. And, uh, you know, they're is really a concern about his safety when he comes to the United States, and this was a memo that was obtained from the Pennsylvania State Police Criminal Intelligence Center that warns terrorists may be disguised as emergency responders to gain access to secure areas to launch an attack without being detected you know and I would just hate to think that this may happen in the United States and uh, I mean what an opportunity and uh, i 'm a little bit concerned about it you know and i I hope his visit uh, you know brings the the you know the relief to the people who want to hear him you know the the uh, the feeling of completeness to the people who believe mm-hmm. in him coming as the leader of the Catholic Church and you know I hope they get the you know the feeling of uh, uh, you know the, that its going to overwhelm them when they meet the people because it's an incredible experience and uh, I just hope nothing happens to the guy
1: I, I do as well that would that would be a, a tragedy of, of epic proportions but you know it's the, the Pope is considered the leader of a of a sovereign nation. You know, the Vatican is treated like you know uh, a, a country, uh, and he is he is a head of state. But aside from just being a head of state, you know, the Vatican is, is tiny. Of course, it's smaller than Luxembourg. Uh, but he's also the leader of of a. Uh, you know a Christian denomination of 1.2 billion people uh, that that's the definition of a high-value target for the people who would who would seek to uh, uh, inspire terror in the populace so uh, I right. can imagine security people are, are a bit twitchy right now and, and for good reason right. uh, I I uh, uh, I find it ironic however that you know the my main thing about the Pope's visit I'm, I'm not Catholic I'm Catholic light uh, uh, Episcopalian. We we have that great Catholic taste, but we're less feeling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, our version of confession is getting really drunk on, on Thanksgiving and saying, you know I never really loved your mother, don't you? <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, during That's during awesome. their, their planning for his visit, you know, pennsylvania and philadelphia and and the cities that he was going to be uh visiting put on oodles and oodles of extra firefighters and state troopers and police personnel and these guys are you know there's overtime in their budgets for this and 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 they're they're spending oodles of dollars for extra security and then they put out a call for emts to volunteer their time for this kind of coverage, really we, is that true? Yes, that was true. Uh, that did not, that didn't, didn't get much play. But yeah, they asked for, put out a call for EMTs to volunteer for coverage of the Pope's visit, which just uh, to me is a slap in the face of emergency medical services. But it is also, um, if they're actually taking that uh, that uh, approach, it is also an excellent way to get. Uh, a terrorist infiltrated in as uh, as emt's you know if you're calling for volunteers and people can 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 show up and sign up rather than be assigned uh, and vetted by their agencies and such um it would seem like that a call for volunteers would be the perfect way to do
0: it yeah but well, i would still hope man that even if you like yeah. the super bowl i mean you, you volunteer to work the super bowl and I've gone through a few Super Bowls in my career. You know, that the NFL goes through painstaking background checks to vet yeah. you and get you your credentials to get on the field. I, I hope for something like this, even though you're volunteering, they're still taking the time to make sure that you guys, you know, those guys are on the up and up, right? Oh
1: yeah, I would imagine they would, but but it's it's one less layer of of security, I would think, uh, if you're using volunteers. This is not a, a slam at volunteer EMS. I'm saying that it's uh, it's people volunteering their time on an ad hoc basis. Uh, that's a that's a one less layer of security and, and oversight, rather than uh, as opposed to people uh, doing it as you know on duty for their agency and, sure. and getting overtime for it. So, um, hope that works well, and and uh, and we hope the uh, the Pope. Um we hope the pope uh, enjoys his visit to the united states and, and uh...
0: gets himself some good pizza up there and you know that's one of the things he says you know is uh, one of the things he misses the most about being the pope is that he doesn't get good pizza anymore he just can't go and buy pizza so hopefully when he's in new york they'll uh, get him a slice and he'll be excited about that <laughs> does, he, does he really say that chris he, well yeah that's what it, i mean this guy this guy's a jesuit pope and i, I don't again i don't know i don't want to get religious here but this guy has really revolutionized what it is to serve the people and this is what's bringing a lot of catholics back into the church yeah. is because this is a guy who goes and this is documented kelly he goes to buy a new pair of glasses himself and he asks the guy the guy, you know the guy at the store says what are you looking for he goes i don't care what you give me i just don't want to spend a lot of money <laughs> yeah that's my kind of pope but you uh, know this is a guy who's a jesuit who you know the jesuits in the catholic religion believe in taking a vow of poverty to give back to their communities and and he's living it to the fullest extent so but let's not get on the religious thing um let's go ahead and move to our clinical issue kelly and and this is something that uh you know i'm sure a lot of people can deal with and this comes from one of our listeners and of course we're not going to go ahead and announce who that listener is because he does have some problems and he's having some challenges with his partner And you and I have been in the career field for a lot of years, and and we've had those partners that we just bond with, and we have those partners that just become our friends, and we have those partners that we have that good professional relationship that they know what you're thinking, and, you know, as you go to ask for something, they've already got it in their hand. And then there's those other partners, Kelly, that you want to stab in the eye with a pencil (laughs) that just (laughs) don't shut up, that just won't. Compromise that just has that attitude, and and so I, I really want to kind of dedicate the clinical issue to dealing with difficult partners, and and I'm going to give you the floor first. Uh, you know, being a, a field trainer, being you know somebody who who trains you know folks uh, for initial training, trains folks uh, you know in refresher training. How do you deal with that difficult partner?
1: Well um, you know, to our reader, our listener, I I feel your pain, man. There, there is nothing more soul suckingly depressing than being tied to a, a bum partner for, for a shift. Uh, this is a person you spend, uh, as much time with as your spouse. Uh, and when you don't get along with them, it can be every bit as, as, uh, difficult a relationship as a contentious marriage. Um, I've not experienced it that much in my career, believe it or not. Come now I've had, yes, yeah, I, I have. It. I've had partners that were better than others, and I've had some partners that were were a little trying. They their their skills were lacking. Um, but as far as being, you know, conflict between us, there was there was uh, relatively little. I don't know if it's something that I do as a as a medic, but I've never had a partner question me or or um argue with any of my treatment decisions or or, or you know uh inst- instigate any of that kind of conflict on a scene um i have had partners uh, uh a couple in 25 years who were who were um weasels who would who would try to throw you under the bus when when they got caught doing something improper and and uh um for those those people who 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 lack uh, honor and character, there's, there's there's not much you can do other than to uh, watch what you say around them, uh, and to watch your back because you know darn well they don't have yours. And you hope that uh, the next time shift bids come around, um, that you can uh, you can get someone you're more compatible with. But you know, how do you? I've had people approach me before, um, asking me that very same question. You know, I've got a partner who questions me and, and doesn't seem to respect me, and I'm the paramedic, and he's an EMT, and, and he's uh, uh, he's constantly questioning my t- treatment decisions or running me down to coworkers. And, and How do I how do I go about fixing that? Um, and one of the things I ask is, is well. You know, if you're a paramedic and and an EMT or someone not senior to you is is openly questioning your treatment decisions on a scene um, and and doesn't respect your role in the hierarchy, is that an attitude that you project that compels people to do that? You know, in other words, are you so unsure or tentative that other people feel the need to... uh, feel the need to to question what you do and and i think in a lot of cases that is that is the case i'm not uh i don't know that that's what's going on with our sure. with our listener but you know if there's one thing i don't do, show is a lack of confidence uh, so um i i don't get much conflict that way but part of it is 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 tentativeness and lack of confidence and and if uh if you're projecting that that aura then then people will question you or try to fill the void that they don't think that you're you're feeling
0: so. yeah i mean i think you bring up a good point and one of the things that i want to add to that is you know when you exude that confidence which which i do as well Sometimes that could come across as arrogance, and sometimes that could come across as cockiness. And and I've had some challenges in my career because of that, where people thought that I was the, you know, of course I've never said it. I I was very comfortable in my skills and my abilities, uh, in my, uh, you know, my management of patients. And people would think that I, you know, was... Thought that I was better than anybody, and of course I wasn't, and it did cause me some challenges until people really figured out that I was a good paramedic, and and I'm proud to say that, and that I have had some really great partners in my career, and I've had challenges with folks that I couldn't get along with, and uh, I'm the kind of guy, you know, that when I was in the truck, I would read a lot, whether I would read uh, EMS publications, whether I read reference materials, whether I read novels, and mm-hmm. I wasn't a big communicator, I wasn't a big talker, and that caused a lot of challenges as well. So, you know, I think that it really comes down to the partnership. And there's, there's, I want to talk about the law of significance. And, and Kelly, you know that I put a lot of emphasis now in my career towards leadership development. And the law of significance says that one is too small of a number to achieve greatness. And either you have to give up or you have to get a partner. And to deliver the highest quality of patient care and to mm. be able to ensure that the patients who need you in their time of you know, the wor- what could be the worst day of their life, or maybe it's that BS call that you're running, those people still need you. You need a good partner mm-hmm. that's able to get you through those processes. And it always comes down to the discussion about why are we having challenges getting along. And you know, as an EMS chief, one of the things that I would do when folks would come to my office to say, I'm having a problem, you know, well, the thought is, is I'm going to separate the both of you and you both, you, the both lose your shift. I'm not going to take one off a truck and not the other off a truck. So you guys can work it out, or if I have to intervene, this is the way that I'm going to do that. And I think we have to be able to come to a point of saying, how do we find a way that we can respect each other, get through a 12-hour shift, get through a 24-hour shift, deliver the care we need to, and we don't see each other for the next 48 hours. And mm-hmm. that's the question that I want to pose to you: is in those situations. How do you go about clearing the air? How do you go about saying, you know, we're bigger than, you know, the problems that we're having here? Uh, how do we get on the right foot and how do we just kind of coexist?
1: You hit the nail on the head earlier with the with the uh, communication issue. You say you didn't communicate much. You do a lot of reading. But I think that's the key to uh, to a good relationship is starting it off on the right foot. Uh, I have a little little. Getting to know you talk I have with every single partner I have because I have a, you know I have a bit of a reputation at, at my agency and and people say good things about me they say bad things about me I don't I don't really pay attention either way uh, I've been called Doctor Grace in my entire career and, and only part of the time is it actually a compliment so, so I, is that uh,
0: like Doctor Scholes I mean is that <laughs> no, <laughs> no okay, it's just you know uh, some people so
1: you know say it with respect and affection other people you know. I uh, think you're, think
0: like you're arrogant and cocky. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm arrogant and cocky. And, and you know, if you're if you're confident in your knowledge and your skills, um, that often plays as arrogant and cocky to people who are not confident in their knowledge or skills. Uh, and and they uh, they react poorly to that. What I do with with every new partner, and I get a bunch of them. I get new partners uh, usually right off the truck, and uh, before they know when they're when they come to work with me that uh, they've they've checked me out. They've asked other people and students, you know, hey, what's this guy like? Um, and I start off say, look, uh, the, it's the golden rule. Uh, I'm going to treat you like I'd like to be treated. Um, EMS is a team sport, and I'm not going to use you as my pack mule and personal stretcher fetcher. Um, and you, as an EMT, have the most important job. Uh, on the ambulance because about 70% of our patients don't need an ambulance at all. And the vast majority of the ones that do need only BLS care on the scene. So when we're both out talking to a patient, I want you to be an EMT and not just stand there like a statue and wait right. for me to do things. So, one of the things that you know—that's one of the things that gets it off on on a good start, uh, gets it started off on the right foot—is you empower an EMT to be an EMT and to do their stuff right. uh, and give them the trust. Uh, that, that they're pre-hospital professionals and they can conduct themselves appropriately. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell them, look, you're going to make mistakes. Mistakes are not a bad thing. We learn more from our mistakes than we do from our successes. Uh, I'll, I you know, I'll say, I'm not going to let you make a mistake that harms the patient. Um, and if there's ever a criticism I, I have, we're going to hash that out between me and you uh, after the call. And I'm not going to bitch about you in public or badmouth you. And if I got something to say to you, I'm going to say it to you first, right. and let you solve the problem. And if you can't solve the problem, then we may take it outside this truck. But what you know, what happens in the truck stays in the truck, unless it is a uh, uh, it's something that impacts patient care. Uh, I'm right. not going to keep secrets. Um,
0: and in, just, the, in the you mean in the sense of if uh, they did the wrong treatment you're not going to hide exactly. that treatment kind of thing. That's right.
1: That's right. Uh they're they're uh, I'm not going to hide those kind of secrets. Um but uh as far as your personal relationship and personal conversations and and any any type of counseling or or critique I have of my partners, uh I'm darn sure not going to do it in public. Um and publicly uh, what's the old saying uh, uh pr- praise uh, publicly and criticize privately. And and that's Great. what I do. Um but the, there's a flip side of that coin as well, and this is this is another thing that I've seen. Um, new paramedics, fairly new paramedics, uh, have a problem with one. One uh, emailed me uh, some months back and said, "You know, I can't. I work with the biggest idiots, and I just can't stand them. And they 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 can't do anything right." And I'll quote that noted philosopher Raylan Gibbons, who said, "Isn't, that the,
0: isn't that the woman who was married to Mike Tyson?" No, no, that's... Oh, man. I'm just kidding with you. Go ahead.
1: That's from one of my favorite TV shows, Justified. And, And Raylan said, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you meet a butthole, you met a butthole. If you're meeting buttholes all day, you're the butthole and and if the the only common factor in all your dysfunctional relationships is you well you need to take a a hard look in the mirror and see what it is you're doing wrong and this particular medic uh was was she admitted that she was lacking confidence in her skills and and it was pure deprojection and it's been my experience in ems is the, the people who are the most the medics who are the most controlling on the scenes, and this is my truck, and you will do it my way, and you will not spoke speak unless, uh, unless asked to, and you only do what I say, and they treat their partners like that, uh, and insist on doing everything themselves, are the medics that need the most help. <laughs> they refuse it more than anyone else, but they're the ones that struggle and, and need the most help and are least capable of handling a sure. call on their own. Uh, and it is purely, in my mind, projection. They don't... They're not confident in their skills, and they're projecting that that a uh, lack of confidence onto their partners. I don't know what I'm doing. Therefore, you must be even bigger idiot. Yeah, that's um, an interesting that's
0: and- an interesting analogy that you're throwing out there, and you know I have some fundamental differences with it. But there's a couple things points I want to make into the things that you said. I really like the the discussions about we're going to handle this in the truck. If we've got to go outside the truck, we'll do mm-hmm. that. You know, when it comes to differences, and you know we've all done that cab side justice. That uh, we've tried to work out issues between us, and and you know as a, as a leader, I, I I encourage that because you guys rely on each other, you guys mm-hmm. need each other. And, and when I say guys, it's of course it's, it's guys and girls. You, you but you need each other. You need your partner, and you've got to learn how to get yourselves through those challenging times to be successful. And that's where critical thinking skills come in as mm-hmm. well. Is how do I find the best way that I'm able to, to help this situation? You know there was there was a, a person who was. Uh, who would come to me and say, you know, I'm having a problem with my partner or what is your problem? Oh, they're, they don't know anything or they're slow or they don't clean up after that, whatever it was. Yeah. But then the next time they had another partner, they're having problems with their partner. And the next time they're having... So finally you get to the point where they can't work with anybody. So mm-hmm. there, there needs to be that examination that, you know, you have to be able to say to yourself... Um, Maybe it is me. And and I think that's a hard thing to admit sometimes, Kelly, that, you know, sometimes we're the ones that are causing that challenge. The other thing that I live by is I'm a pretty outspoken person. And in EMS, there's always that rumor mill. I don't know if you know that, but EMS, there's a rumor mill. And uh, but people will come back and say, well, Chris Sabalero said that Kelly Grayson was a big weenie. Well, in fact, I did say that. But (laughs) but one of the things that I'd always tell my partners is this. If you didn't hear me say it to you, I didn't say it. That's right. And, and I think that that's really important. But that goes to the character of and the integrity of who you are as, as a partner, who you are as a medic, who you are as a professional. If you have the audacity, if you have the nerve to talk about somebody behind their back, and you won't say to their face what you're feeling, what you're thinking... Um, then there needs to be something said about you. And that is you shouldn't go out and backstab people and talk about them without them knowing what's going on. And uh, I'm a firm believer in that. But uh, you know, to, to uh, end my thought, and I'm going to give it to you for your final thought here, but to end my thought, we're professionals. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there are people that have to sit next to each other, that have to work with each other every day, that don't say two words to each other till they clock in the next day. Find the road of professionalism. You two two that are sitting in that cab, you have a common bond. And that common bond is the fact that you're trying to deliver the highest quality of patient care, and you want to be professional at it when you do it. That's strong. And, And grow on that strength. You don't have to like each other. You may not even respect each other. But find a way to bond together to say, we're going to be the best truck that there can be, regardless of if I like you or not. Yeah.
1: Those people who who have contentious relationships with their partners, I I feel for those people who who can't seem to get along with their partners. Because they haven't experienced what stellar patient care can actually be. You know? Oh, I like
0: that. It takes
1: two people. uh, And there's something special about that relationship where you can, as a medic... Uh, you can, you know, before you get the words out of your mouth, you, you look up and they're already handing you the next piece of equipment. Exactly. Uh, or your attention is diverted and you're on the patient, and your EMT partner is looking at the cardiac monitor and poking you in the arm and go, "Hey, Kelly," um, and 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 you know the old saying is the EMT save lives or paramedics save lives and EMT save paramedics. I think it's uh, true. I think I, it's true. I, well, see, I I hate that cliche, but it's true. But but well. It's it's not true in all instances. I think, but like many cliches, it got its start because it had it had a grain of truth to it. I won't say it applies in all instances, but uh, I would prefer to phrase it as partners save each other. Um, Partners have each other's back. Partners save each other. And if you don't have that relationship, um, then you need to you need to critically examine whether your what your role is in not developing it. Right. Uh, is
0: it is it solely on
1: your partner, or are you doing something wrong? Um,
0: well, let me stop you there. Let me just stop your thought right there because you and I are partners, and I think you've done a lot <laughs> wrong during these shows. But uh, I, I think well, we got well, a I think we got a clinical issue here.
1: Yeah, and I, I think we do as well. And, and you know, you, you say a lot wrong in the shows, too, but, but I still think you're a good partner. I think we put on a good show. Um, that's yeah. just the mix that we, we bring, uh different perspectives. Yeah, well, let's
0: see, let's see if you're thinking that when you're holding the sign that says…
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we do have a clinical issue, and, and uh, I, I think the, the key to, to a successful partnership is the golden rule. Um, treat others as you would like to be treated yourselves, uh, and and if you really can't stand uh, every any aspect of your partner's behavior, then then uh, your only solution is is to either find a new partner or decide what hill you want to die
0: on but that doesn't work but, because then you start getting yeah. the reputation of your your horrible partner but
1: that's it but that's the the next the, the next part of it is if you if you can't get along with with people then you need to decide what hill you want to die on what what things will you not compromise on uh, and stick with those? And the rest of them, if they don't impact patient care and they're just a minor annoyance to you, well, they're just a minor annoyance. That's not something to, to destroy a partnership over um, and, and just mellow out. Don't let things harsh your mellow so much. Um, but, yeah, we got a clinical issue, but we'd like to know what you think about it. So, listeners, uh, email us at show at ems1.com. Uh, give us your concerns, comments, suggestions, questions. We'd love to hear them. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And for myself and co-host Chris Ceballero, the chronically wrong one, I'm Kelly Grayson. Thanks for tuning in.